Hello, welcome to Sip Tea with Allie, and today is Monday. I just finished my lunch. Before that, I was doing some work on some stuff, and I decided that I just kind of need to take a break from everything I was doing. Um, I know lunch was kind of a break, but the thing is, is like at lunchtime, I try not to like go on my phone or do anything I just try to focus on eating and at times that leads me to like getting really anxious because I'm just allowing myself time to worry and sit with my thoughts which in a way is healthy and you kind of need to do that on a daily basis if you know what I mean to see where you're at but at times it only makes me feel worse you know so I'm trying to figure out okay what can I do to make myself feel better, to get out of that feeling of just being crummy, not really there, etc. So that's kind of what this episode is going to be about, is just how to tackle, I don't know, these feelings that come and go and what to do with them and how to just have a good mindset every day. Because I'm not going to lie, I have been going through a pretty rough month to two months now. Just this constant battle. There's just a lot going on in my body. It's stuff that I don't really feel completely confident talking about openly with just anyone and everyone. So I'm not really going to disclose any information on here. Um, But it's been kind of a rough journey. And each day is is kind of a battle on its own, um, and each week seems like this super long, drawn-out war or something, you know? And it's between myself and how I feel mentally and physically, and how I react to certain things or respond to certain things. So, for example, I might be having a great day, and something just triggers my anxiety and I won't exactly know what that thing is but I'll just suddenly feel like my heart is racing my stomach is in just a knot and I just immediately want to hide or something or like run away it's that fight or flight mode I I'm kind of always in that mode and my body has kind of frozen in that mode for like a long time and I would go in and out of it for a while, but for the past month to two months, maybe even three months, it seems like over time with each day, I, that like fight or flight mode just sticks even like longer than it had before, you know, like it would be, it's normal for us to experience that feeling as human beings because obviously we've all been in situations where we're like, shoot, that was really bad, or this is really bad, I might die, I need to react, or you know what I mean, like you might be driving, and you have to swerve past a car, because this car is going like, is weaving in and out, and almost hits you, you know what I mean, so it's like, okay, we get those moments where we're like, you have to react now, if not, you're gonna die, and it's like, how do you not let those feelings like where you feel that whenever you are supposed to feel it to whenever you're not supposed to feel it like how are you supposed to know okay am I just overreacting right now and almost being OCD like or am I actually supposed to be feeling this way because in this situation it's totally valid for me to feel this way well first of all it's totally valid for you to feel whatever way that you feel But it's even more so whenever you are, I guess, triggered by something real. Like something that is actually happening to you. Not something that is a fragment of your imagination. For example, you might be thinking about what it would be like to be hit by that car. But maybe, like if you were just driving, nothing happened. And you're thinking, what if this person in front of me started we or behind me or whatever started weaving in and out of cars and what if they almost hit me like you could think of that you could kind of create 
a scenario in your head, a what if scenario in your head, then you can think to yourself, would that be like, would, how would I react? How would I feel? And you kind of can go down that rabbit hole of like anxiety. But then when it comes to, um, I don't know, I suppose like it actually happening to you, like that reaction might be different or the same you know like sometimes we can sometimes our body just doesn't know the difference between make-believe like something that we are thinking that could possibly happen to something that really is and in a way at some point our body might have been able to tell the difference but it's like now that you have been such an overthinker or a worrier and you create these scenarios in your head and you feel them very realistically as if you were in that scenario, it seems like now your body doesn't know the difference, right? Because you kind of, over time, (laughs) I guess are training your body to feel a way you shouldn't feel. But that doesn't mean that you can't push past those feelings. It's something that has been quite difficult for me It's like, how do I know whether or not I'm just overreacting or if I'm being prepared? Because those are big different, there's just a big difference between the two of those terms. Um, Being prepared and overreacting. You might think that they could go hand in hand, but being prepared is essential. You don't want to be overprepared for something or underprepared for something. You don't want to overreact, underreact. You want to just react how you should normally react if you're in a situation. Don't think about exactly how you might be affected by this situation five years later. Like, just don't think about the future. Don't think about the past. React and prepare in the present. And honestly, that's something that I might preach on here but I'm not going to follow because a lot of what we feel physiologically is valid because sometimes our body has too much hormones, too much chemicals, or not even enough. So you're either overproducing something or underproducing something in your body. And that's what causes you to maybe react like the example I gave where You could be just driving and create a what-if scenario in your head and you could start kind of panicking while you're driving, worried that that scenario might take place. Like, that's that's a reaction. And we kind of get that gut reaction in those situations like, oh my goodness, something bad is going to happen or something bad is happening. But sometimes you can't tell that different, the difference between it is happening or it could happen. And that's kind of where anxiety takes place is you are constantly thinking what if this happened and you experience that and to be honest so many people can get triggered by so many things they don't even realize you could even be triggered by a certain food like your anxiety like your chemical composition you know for your physiological your physiological like well-being I guess could be like affected by what you put into your body what your body's lacking because sometimes you might be really, really anxious and it could just be you didn't eat something that settled well with you. Or it could be you didn't, you didn't eat breakfast. You skipped breakfast and now you feel really crummy. And so your body's saying, oh, now you feel crummy. Something is wrong with you. And when you convince yourself that something is wrong with you, that's when you feel that gut feeling, that pit in your stomach and you're like, why? Like that, that pain, that like heavy weight in your chest, Maybe your heart is pounding or you're sweating, whatever it is, those symptoms of anxiety can be triggered by those certain things. Now, I am not a doctor. I don't plan on ever being one. I don't plan on studying psychology because I think all this stuff which is just too overwhelming and not my personality type, but I do like learning about it in my free time and my dad is really really try trying to get me to study this he's tried in the past but he's currently still trying to get me to study more of this because he thinks that everyone can rewire themselves if they really try 
And that's the thing that people probably don't want to hear. To be honest, I still don't want to hear it. Because I'm like, wait, you're telling me that all along I could have just reacted this way or that way or said this or that or did this and that or whatever. And I could have avoided being the mess that I am in the first place. Now, I mean, you can't entirely avoid everything that's going on in your body because you might just be this way for forever. This is just how you are. And it might get increasingly worse. But it's kind of like you learn how to cope with it over time by approaching it from a different perspective. So for me personally, it's been very, very, very difficult to cope with my feelings of anxiety or whatever is going on in my body right now because it's con- I'm constantly in fight or flight mode. I'm like always just, if somebody were to like tap me or something, I, I automatically jump. I'm so skittish. I get jittery all the time, you know, all this stuff. And so honestly, it's kind of like my body just is, I like to describe it as like this scared chihuahua, you know, like they're just so shaky. <laughs> It's like, I'm so tiny and shaky. I'm like, please, somebody save me. Um, And then they also have, like, the big eyes. And usually people who um, are just very anxious have, like, those big eyes or dilated pupils and such. And um, that's kind of how I am, you know? (laughs) So I describe myself as a nervous chihuahua. Um, And to be honest... It's a very accurate term for how a lot of people are when they're anxious. They have maybe PTSD, um, depression, whatever it may be. It's more of an anxiety. Those are more anxiety symptoms than depression symptoms. Obviously, I again, I cannot say that I have any professional medical background, but I can say that I have read books. So basically everything that I'm saying right now is things that I have learned from books. Um, There's like this choice theory book by William Glasner, my dad, and I started listening to. He's already listened to the audiobook on Audible, but he was playing it for me the other day. And honestly, the way he, just the introduction was kind of showing how it, it felt almost hopeful. You know, it's like, you could go to therapy or you could receive treatment. You could do all these things for years and still feel crummy because those are temporary fixes. Don't get me wrong. You, some people actually really need that and you just have to know yourself and your body. But for me personally, I kind of know, okay, since I've tried stuff like that and I know it's not really for me, it's like, where, where do I go next? And so choice theory is something that Um, It's kind of a new, it's not really new, but it's something that more psychologists and such are trying to understand better because there's this brilliant guy named William Glasner. Oh my goodness. Even in the introduction, you, you already start to feel hopeful. You know, you realize, okay, I'm not alone. Everything I'm feeling is valid. However, there it's I don't have to feel hopeless you know like I all I'm feeling I might feel crummy all the time but there's a way that you can properly approach the way you feel and so I guess what I'm saying here is in the purpose of this intro for this episode is to talk about the fact that there is always hope and there are always answers sometimes those answers aren't what we want to hear like, to be honest, when my dad was saying, you can make yourself, you're making yourself feel this way, or or whoever it was saying, you're making yourself this way, I almost felt really upset with those people, because I'm like, you don't understand, this is just how I am, I am not trying to feel this way, but if you really step back and think about it, and just even, I don't know, here's someone out that knows a lot about choice theory, you'll kind of start to see, hey, maybe I am causing myself to feel this way. Because everything that we feel is a reaction or a response to something. We can be triggered by something and we can choose whether or not we want to react a certain way. 
So with the whole like car example again, I might think to myself, man, what if, but then I could be like, no, that's not going to happen. It hasn't happened before. I've been driving this long. You know, it hasn't happened before. The chances of it happening are this low. It's kind of like, okay, you just step back and you just take a deep breath and you redirect your thought patterns, which honestly is easier said than done as it is everything. Just like how you have to make everything a habit and habits can take at least a month depending on what you're trying to do can take at least a month to start actually getting really into the swing of having a healthy habit and it can take about a month or even longer to get out of an unhealthy habit because it's kind of difficult too when you're trying to do two things at once you're saying I'm I want to just choose not to feel this way or choose not to react but you know it's going to be really hard because sometimes like we have basically convinced ourselves that it's better to feel miserable it's better to feel anxious it's better to feel tired it's better to do all these things um because it's just easier it's what we know we've lived with it for this long you know but it's like no no it's it might seem tougher to not live that way but it's not as hard as it actually is because if you try, you can overcome those feelings. So for example, I might hate eating, I don't know, fish. I honestly, I hate seafood. I might hate eating fish, okay? But if someone, if someone were to tell me okay the only way you can cure your anxiety obviously this is not true this is just a hypothetical situation the only way you can cure your anxiety is by eating this amount of fish each day i might be literally traumatized at the thought of doing that because i'm like i hate seafood for x y and z reasons but i know that okay eating this will help me feel better it's kind of like taking medicine when you're sick you will absolutely hate it especially when you're a child because it's like you don't just get you know prescription medication you know in a pill it's like you take this over the counter stuff sometimes you'll be on an antibiotic or whatever and it might taste horrible okay (laughs) i've had my fair fair share of that when i was a child so it might taste horrible but you know if you push past it You'll get used to it eventually, and eventually you'll just not care, and you might not even have to deal with, like, consume it or whatever anymore, and you'll be fine. Like, it's kind of the same with developing habits and breaking old habits, like developing healthy habits and breaking old bad habits, because you know it's good for you, but it's going to take a long time. So it's like, okay, if I set a goal for me myself to break this bad habit over a certain amount of time you know that by doing so you won't regret it i mean it might be difficult but you know that you won't regret it in the long run if you know that it's helping you so it's kind of like you need that grit in order for you to be able to push forward and no, okay, if I do this, then this. It's like you need that kind of motivational factor. So for like something like redirecting thought patterns, it's like you, it's it's going to be difficult, but you know that if you do so, you're going to be thankful for it later. And it might seem tough. And we think, we might still think that it's easier to feel anxious all the time and just focus on our anxiety which only induces more anxiety which is honestly how I felt before I mean I still feel like that right now as you can tell I'm kind of like breathing heavily and talking really really fast and trying to distract myself by this podcast episode um but for anxiety it's kind of like how how would I put it 
I had something I was just about to say that I felt like was really good, and it's left me. Um, but basically, like, before I made this a podcast episode, I mean, I still feel this way, um, as I was saying before, um, I felt that anxiety coming on for no reason. It was, like, triggered by something, and I couldn't exactly pinpoint what it was. I was like, okay, well, I ate lunch, um, and I feel pretty fine, but then, I don't know, it might have been, like, maybe reading a certain text or something like that that kind of made me feel the way I'm feeling right now, and... I'm not quite sure why, but sometimes it just happens like that. And I started thinking about it more and more. Like I was helping my mom with something and I was kind of like, huh, like the more I think about this, the worse I'm getting. Um, Even though I was trying to distract myself, but I wasn't really distracting myself because I was still thinking about it. And it's like, you have to try really hard to not think about it because the more you think about it, the worse you're going to feel because you only make yourself feel worse by obsessing over the thought of feeling bad. That makes sense. And and if you think about it logically, it does make sense. Like the more you think about something, the more worried you're going to become. Therefore, the more anxious you're going to become. The more anxious you are, the more anxiety, like symptoms you're going to have and if and then the more anxiety bad anxiety habits you're going to have like it's just gonna it's just inevitable it's going to happen no matter what and it's going to happen over a long time period of time and it's one of those kind of situations where you're going to have to just take a step back and realize it's going to take a while to break everything And you might not even be able to fully, like, break certain bad habits in terms of, like, how you react and how you treat yourself. For example, I have a very, very, very difficult time taking care of myself when I have a long list of to-dos. Even though some of those to-dos could be, like, put off to another day, if I just kind of think about, okay, if I just get X, Y, and Z done today because they're important, you know, like, I should be proud of myself. I can do X, Y, and Z to wind down, relax, to reward myself, whatever. But I'm the type of person that places so much of my self-worth in what I do and what I don't do that if I don't do something, I will beat myself up for it and I won't even be able to relax because I'm thinking about all the things that I didn't do. And I'm feeling, I'm, I basically make myself feel guilty. And then that only makes me feel anxious and worried. But then I can't find that perfect balance because when I do all the things that I'm supposed to do, I don't feel fully satisfied. In fact, I never feel satisfied. I feel exhausted and I feel burnt out and just worn down to the bone. I just work until I'm all done with those to-dos And then I'm like, shoot, it's midnight. That happened to me last week. I was like, shoot, it's midnight. This is not healthy. And then because I was so wired and focused on trying to get tons of stuff done, I didn't fall asleep till two in the morning. The next day I had a long list of to-dos that I only got like two or three things on that to-do list done and I had a lot more because I was just not able to function properly because I didn't take care of myself the night before. So you can kind of see how finding balance is key in just everything. And it's easier said than done because I, this is just how I am. This is the bad habit I have to break. I have to say, okay, I need to get X, Y, and Z done today. And then I can allow myself to rest. And that's what I'm, that's what I should be doing. I shouldn't say I have to get X, I just, I can't do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I can't go through the entire alphabet doing like, you know, every letter is another thing that I have to get done and expect to get all the way to Z by the end of the day. I can't. I shouldn't put that kind of pressure on myself because we have to realize that time is limited and we can't count on ourselves to 
accomplish everything we need to get done on our to-do list every day. We can't. We don't know what's going to happen, how we're going to feel. So something that I'm trying to do, which is honestly really difficult because as you can tell, I don't really follow anything that I say I'm going to do, but that's something I'm working on. Something that helps a lot with me and like increasing productivity and stuff is putting like little stars on my planner next to the things I know I have to get done and trying to tackle them first. So for example, today I had to tackle, um, I'm still working on my thing. Um, I had to tackle three big things that I put stars next to and I said, I need to get these done today and I need to get X amount of work done today because if I don't, I'm going to be behind schedule. So that's kind of where I'm at with my to-do list and how I'm kind of trying to order my planner. And I write those three to four things that I have every day that are important in order. And then everything else comes next, you know. Um, But before I do any of those things on my to-do list, something that I think is so important before you tackle any big task is praying. And I also recommend getting some fresh air and going for a walk before you get anything done for the day. So pray and then go for a walk or get some sunlight or something. Just get your body moving. And it's even better if you go outside and get sunlight because there you have vitamin D. That's great. Um, And it can just help you feel more awake and more, I guess if you get your blood pumping, you kind of get that serotonin and everything. You put yourself in a better mood and being active physically can help you be very active and present mentally whenever you're trying to tackle certain tasks and it's been scientifically proven that like people who get at least 30 minutes of sunlight every day sleep better and people who exercise daily they sleep better eat better they concentrate better all that kind of stuff you can do your scientific research you can back me up on that or whatever but it's just that's what I've heard that's what I've read I don't know there was a time where I kind of was this new I wanted to be a nutritionist and a dietitian so I was kind of like learning a lot about this um so I just kind of know a lot of random stuff (laughs) anyways those are just my thoughts on where I'm at and kind of just some goals and things that I'm trying to do. I wanted to share that with you guys because I thought it would be interesting to kind of show my journey in terms of um, mental and physical health and what I'm doing to better myself. And I think above all, having a really good spiritual health is is key and when I mean spiritual health I just mean like your relationship with God having a good relationship with God a relationship where you talk to him as if he's a friend is so key in finding any peace and healing on a daily basis you know like that should be your foundation for all of these things because you know so much of what we feel and how we react and such is we might sometimes think of it as like why you know like why is God giving us these these burdens why did he make us this way but there's a purpose for everything and for every feeling that we experience and everything that we're going through and it's so hard to remind ourselves that when we're going through those difficult periods I know it's been so hard to remind myself that but in the homily at mass yesterday the priest was saying how important it is to approach suffering and 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 thank god for the suffering and not let it go to waste he said how are you he, he asked the question like how are you approaching suffering are you looking at it as a gift from god are you or are you looking at it as a burden or are you trying to run away from it and he said you should be looking at it as something that is a gift from god something that you can do for God. Like, you can offer it up to God and for the expiation of all the holy souls. 
all of the holy souls in purgatory i mean there's something so beautiful in being able to suffer um and i think that he stated that beautifully and it really made you i guess it kind of made the whole congregation step back and wonder how am i viewing suffering i know it's something that i felt like i needed to hear because so often i approach suffering as this big burden that i have to face on my own but there is something so beautiful in being able to surrender yourself to god ask him to help you carry the cross that he has given you and offer it up um and that's really i think it's such a big step in striving towards sainthood and it's something that will take a long time it might i mean it might take not a while for someone to think and act that way but it could take you a long time because you have to um rewire how you are responding again it all goes back to that and if you ask god for his help and for the strength to continue on he will give it to you so that's kind of just my thoughts on that and what i'm kind of doing on this journey and i wanted to take you guys along with me because i think it helps a ton for other people to know that they're not alone and i've talked a lot about that and again it also is so important for myself as well to see where i'm coming from how far i've come and reflect on what i need to get done that's kind of what this episode is about today reflect on what i need to do to better i guess better myself um and how to strive towards sainthood and how to look at what i'm going through through the eyes of of god like how would god react right um so that's kind of where i'm at with everything and how i'm trying to tackle everything at the moment um before i finish this episode for the day because i really have a lot that i need to get done but i wanted to sit down and kind of compose my thoughts more and i think doing that has kind of helped me feel a little bit more calm um because it kind of gives me more of a, I guess, something that, a challenge, I guess, something that will inspire me to, I guess, break out of these old ways and find new ways to react and to cope through, you know, very difficult anxiety, I guess, anxiety inducing times I don't know I don't really know how to put it but (laughs) you know what I mean um I before I summarize kind of what might be coming next in this podcast series I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about a season coming up we all know it's coming we all want it to be here and it's not fall (laughs) um so it's already like what mid-September pretty much not quite and oh my goodness (laughs) I'm like dying for it to be colder outside because I want to break out my cardigan but I haven't been able to break out my cardigan yet because it's still pretty darn hot outside um yeah I'm trying to figure out when it might be starting to get a little colder I it's like you can't even really predict anything because it's like the weather is just where I live is just kind of crazy and the whole like I think this whole area of the country is pretty crazy in terms of like weather so I don't expect it to get really cold anytime soon sadly but it is just nice to know that fall is like it's coming it's on its way and it's exciting because I don't know about you but it's one of my favorite seasons so it kind of always has been but I would say fall and 
winter are my favorite. If I were to rank the four seasons, it would be like fall, winter, spring, summer. In term, I mean, and that makes sense. But like, <laughs> in terms of like how I view the weather, I just in terms of like, I guess how not how I view the weather, but like my favorite seasons. It would definitely be fall, winter, spring, summer. Because summer is just so hot and humid. And the beginning of summer is always rough. And the end of summer is always so rough for me mentally. So I just don't have, like, the best... I mean, I like summer because of no school and everything. But I honestly think it makes me just feel meh all summer. And I know that has happened to a lot of people before. Um, so it's kind of like, I know I'm not the only one, but it can be pretty difficult. Um, because it's like, you don't want summer to end. It's like, you almost just wish summer never existed because one, too hot. Two, it's like, it starts, but then you're And then you're happy, but at the same time, you feel kind of useless unless you're doing something really, really productive with your time. Or you feel like you're, you're too busy, or it's like there's not, it's just like it's so hard to get in a routine in the summer. That's why I feel like it's so difficult for me to say that summer is my favorite, because even though I'm really struggling to get in a routine right now, I know that, okay... I feel slightly better because I'm more productive. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how I'm the type of person that puts a lot of my self-worth in my productivity. So that's why I feel like maybe my maybe I'm having a lot of negative associations with summer. And I also just hate the heat. I'd ra- I'd much rather like be cold because you can put on layers and cardigans are cute, and sweaters are cute, like, but when it comes to summer, honestly, it's kind of, it kind of sucks, like, you can, it's like, you can't take off so many layers, you know, it's like, you can wear a tank top and shorts, and that's about it, you know what I mean, and you'll still be sweating like crazy, because it's so hot, but then you can feel all warm and cozy, I feel like it's much easier to feel that way in the winter and fall, I guess. So, I don't know. I just prefer those seasons over the others. And I kind of wanted to talk about some of my favorite things about fall and winter because it kind of gets me excited and looking forward to things to come, which is another motivational factor in pushing forward. You shouldn't be looking at, at the future, like kind of like be wishing the days away. Like, that's another thing, too, is, like, you can have things to look forward to and kind of as motivation, but you can't let those things get to you to the point where you're like, oh, my goodness, I just want all these days to go away so that day can come. But then when that day comes, you're not going to feel as satisfied as you thought you were going to, and that day is going to fade away, and you're going to be sad because now you have nothing else to look forward to, which has happened to me a lot, so... From experience, I try to recommend not to think too much about something that is coming, that something that big that's coming up that you're excited about, but just kind of wait for it to come as it comes. You know, you can do little things to prepare yourself or get yourself excited for those things, but don't try to like waste the days away. That's kind of how I felt about like some particular events that are coming up and it's like, oh, I'm excited, but it's like I almost am wishing the days away, the months away basically the year away (laughs) before I know it and it's kind of like okay I have to step back and think all right this is not a good idea you know like I need to see that there's something good in every day and it's okay to look forward to something but you can't let it get to you you know what I mean so for me I am really excited because fall and winter are coming up. And I think that's just a small thing you can look at 
and get excited about because it's like you can't really change anything about that at the moment so I think you just have to know when to look forward for to something and not it's like you should always look forward to big happy events coming up or whatever but it's like you can't overthink it because then you're getting out of the present moment you're trying to escape to the future so when I think of like something like fall and how fall is coming up and why I'm excited and everything um I feel like it's more I mean it's okay I feel like (laughs) I don't know how to explain it but it's like I don't feel as guilty for thinking for I guess getting excited about a season because Maybe it's just because it's, like, a season's a season. Like, it's a longer period of time, you know? And it almost feels like we're we're kind of in the phase of, like, entering fall at the moment. That it's, like, oh, okay, like, this is a long-term thing I can be excited about, you know? Because it's not like you're really wishing away the days. Like, you're you're excited that, oh, it's fall. You want to soak in every day because you like the weather. It's your favorite season. You know, you, you can dress the way you want. You can make those pumpkin spice lattes and those pumpkin chocolate chip bars that you're looking forward to. I don't know about you, but that's my plan. Um, and I think it's just maybe having those things that kind of motivate you and get you excited. I don't know. So I personally am really excited about fall and I'm going to kind of share some of the things I'm excited about briefly. So as I already mentioned before, I'm really excited about pumpkin spice lattes and um, pumpkin chocolate chip bars. So my mom always makes those. She, she's been doing it for like many years, but I mean, as we got older and everything, it's kind of like we're not always around. People are busy and, and you know, yeah so it doesn't happen very often um as often as it did before but it's something I still try to make sure happens at least once during the fall so I try to make it sometimes and oh my goodness it's my favorite fall seasonal treat because it's just so so good they're so moist I love the chocolate chips it just adds a lot of good extra flavor and it tastes the best when it's warm so I am really 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 excited for that um I'm I already mentioned sweaters but like cardigans and sweaters oh those are my favorite thing ever I just think that sweaters are cuter than other articles of clothing (laughs) I don't know um I had a friend it was like January whatever I was wearing a t-shirt leggings it was like a light pink floral t-shirt um with leggings and fuzzy socks and I was holding my cat and I had my like grayish pink it's like gray but also has pink on it too um it's like this cardigan and my friend's like you look like Taylor Swift (laughs) and I was like I do don't I it's the cardigans and the cats in the flowery look right now that I have going on she's like yeah um so that was kind of funny um but that's kind of how I dress I mean I tend to wear the cooler colors I don't really wear the um the cool like dark colors and the and I wear some of the warm colors like I like wearing the greens and the blues probably more like the dark blues and the dark greens during the winter time or even during the fall, but, like, cause I think it's just because of my skin tone, but I wish I could pull off the warmer tones, you know, because, I don't know, it's just, like, it's the cute orange during the fall that kind of, like, the orange and the red that kind of gets me, like, for sweaters, but I just don't think I could really pull it off with my skin tone, but I've wanted to, so I'm trying to think of different ways that I can incorporate the fashion that I want this fall and winter. I'm not going to think about it too much because clothes are expensive and I am going to kind of use what I have. I did get a few things from my great aunt 
um, who passed away, like, several months ago, so I have, like, this really cute old zip-up sweater thing, it looks kind of vintage, I don't know how to describe it, it looks very, like, 60s, maybe even 50s, I don't know, it looks kind of 60s to me, um, and obviously it's not that old, but it's a pretty nice brand, really, really warm, cute, cream colored zip up sweater thing so I'm excited to wear that this fall and winter I'm not entirely sure what I would wear with it and how it would look with anything I own but I'm I'm kind of like I don't know I'm feeling a little adventurous this fall in terms of how I'm going to approach the colder weather with warm clothing we'll see I don't know I'm all about layering and the fuzzy boots and the cardigans and whatnot um and those big chunky sweaters oh they have my heart I also drink a lot and I mean a lot of English breakfast tea in the in the um fall I mean I kind of drink it in the winter for the winter I'm more of a hot cocoa person I didn't always used to be that way But it was, like, last year, maybe even the year before, but especially last year that I found myself kind of grabbing a cup of warm hot cocoa after eating dinner and finishing up whatever I needed to study. And it was just so so relaxing. And it kind of helped me to stay focused because chocolate does have caffeine in it. And I'm not sure how much there really is in hot cocoa. I mean, I guess it depends on the brand and how real it is, but... It's probably so processed, you don't really have that caffeine, but it gives you that little sugary, maybe even caffeinated boost that you need to plow through the rest of your homework, and it's that cozy, warm drink that makes you, like, get so excited for Christmas coming and whatnot. So that's kind of, like, my go-to drink during the winter, but my go-to drink during the fall is, like, a really good English breakfast tea, and sometimes I'll add cinnamon, I normally don't, but just honey and milk or some sort of um, heavy whipping cream or half and half. I prefer heavy whipping cream and the honey, just a little bit of honey in my English breakfast tea during the fall. It's just, it's my favorite thing ever. I kind of miss drinking those. Um, I didn't really drink that this summer because I was a big iced coffee person, and I probably drank way too much iced coffee over the past month to two months that I was like, I just need to stop with the caffeine because that's another thing that I would recommend if you're a big big caffeine drinker and you struggle with anxiety and stuff because it can only make your anxiety worse. So that's something I'm trying to do. It's like try to get your caffeine in different ways, Um, in ways where you're not going to get so much caffeine at once that you're going to get jittery and then you're going to feel really meh (laughs) and you're going to have like a caffeine crash maybe even a sugar crash so I don't know for me personally I I am trying to cut it out it's very difficult sometimes I'll occasionally have like a half calf um or just decaf so I can get the taste of coffee but um the past few days I'm trying to reduce the amount of caffeine that I have and I think the best way that you can do that is by eliminating coffee from your, I guess, your diet because it can be very anxiety-inducing for some people. It, I mean, it might have different effects, but I think most of the time it makes people anxious. So I recommend having a good caffeinated black tea or green tea because those are filled with um, antioxidants, especially um, green tea or matcha. Matcha is even better than green tea because it's more pure form of like green tea leaves um, and it can be really good for your skin. Your can give you that little caffeine energy boost without making you jittery um, and it can just be good with just a lot of other health things, green tea and matcha. Um, black tea has its benefits, definitely not as good. Um, but those are just kind of my warm beverage ideas for anyone 
who's looking to have a warm beverage while studying or reading and whatnot during the fall and winter time, but doesn't want that, doesn't want to feel buzzed and jittery and just kind of then, and then feel really meh and tired after drinking coffee, because that's kind of how I feel. I'll get that spurt of like tons of energy and I feel like I have to use it. Then while that that period expires, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm just so exhausted. I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel even more tired than before. And then I feel like I need more coffee, but I know that it's only going to make me more jittery. Um, because a lot of the times, like, I'll get all that energy and then I'll get too much energy to the point where I'm anxious and my heart is racing and I'm jittery and then I'll crash. So I tr- I'm trying to limit the amount of caffeine that I intake. So that's something that I'm just kind of working on as well. It's, again, trying to find different... It's like you kind of need substitutes for bad habits. Like, substitute your bad habits with good habits and a good mindset or good food for you or whatnot. So I think over time, I'll get back into the swing of drinking black tea and green tea or just matcha lattes all the time which I think will help me a lot to just focus and feel not as drained and icky during the school year and whatnot. So it's something that I'm trying to work on. I know it's kind of difficult because when you try to get off of caffeine, you kind of have caffeine withdrawals depending on how much your body was kind of relying on it to get along. So I know for me, like I'll get really bad headaches when I don't have coffee for the first few days of just trying to stay off of it um I think it's just kind of that your body was used to having caffeine to function for a while and and you kind of convinced yourself that it needed it that you're kind of that you tend to feel a little even more tired and a little just kind of I don't know maybe moody and you have headaches or whatever but you should still maybe try to like instead of just not having anything caffeinated at all like try to just replace your coffee with some sort of caffeinated tea because it can help kind of give you that energy boost that your body is searching for without it being over the top you know so that's something that I'm trying to do some things that I'm looking forward to Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'd like to share. Um, Oh, I am looking forward to, this is the one last thing I'm going to say, is making pies, homemade pies on Thanksgiving. Last year, I made our pies entirely from scratch. So when I mean entirely from scratch, like I did not go and buy pie crust dough from the store. No, I made it handmade. It was all homemade, handmade. I was literally with my hands in there and like kneading the dough and like um chilling it for hours then like rolling it out and everything it was it it was a process let's just say but it was all worth it and it felt great it was nice to be in the kitchen I really hope that I can do the same again And I made this, and I even went above and beyond, so I didn't just make our regular pecan pie, I made like this pecan bourbon pie, and oh my goodness, it was good, it was really, really good. I don't know if it was a pecan brown sugar bourbon pie or what it was, it was something along those lines. It was kind of like this big upgraded pecan pie in a way, oh, so, so good pecan pie is probably my weakness for like holiday treats oh I could eat so much of that stuff pumpkin pie is good I have to have it but it's like not on the same level I will still make it but I just I don't and I'm always in charge of making the pies usually and um the cranberry sauce so what's weird is half of my family likes the cranberry sauce and the other half likes the gross canned cranberry stuff the one where you take it out of the can and it looks like it has like the little ring ridge marks on the outside or whatever from being in the can it just it's sickening and it even kind of tastes 
metallic-y from the can, like, being in the can, and I'm just, like, I don't know, but okay, like, you eat what you want to eat, but I will get, like, the fresh cranberries, and I'll boil those with, like, um, like, I'll cook them, like, simmer them with orange juice, sugar, and then I'll grate some, like, orange and lemon zest in it, don't remember if I, if I put any water or what I do exactly, but oh, it's so, so good, guys. You just kind of let it simmer for a while. It smells amazing, tastes amazing. Oh, I love it. Um, but as I said, we always, like, have so much of it left over because not everyone likes it. It's like half of my family does, half of my family doesn't. But I'm always kind of like, well, there's more for me. So I don't know about you, but, like, October, November, and December are my favorite months because there's always, like, the weather is nicer, you can take more walks, um, there's daylight savings in November, there's Thanksgiving in November, there's Halloween at the end of October, which I, is honestly one of my least favorite holidays, but I do like the whole dressing up thing. Um, I'm not a big fan of candy. I'll, I'll eat chocolate. I'm very particular about my chocolate. I'm not a big fan on candy, um, but I still like getting together with friends and dressing up and stuff, um, and giving out candy, but it's definitely not (laughs) my favorite holiday at all. It's, like, at the bottom, and what else? There's Thanksgiving, um obviously Christmas. Christmas is the best. Oh, I love Christmas. Oh my goodness. It's literally my favorite time of the year, the Christmas season. It just makes me so happy. It's like, this is the moment I've been waiting for all year, you know? (laughs) I love it. Christmas and Easter are literally the best holidays ever. They make my heart so happy. So the fact that I have Christmas to look forward to and it's going to be here before I know it is honestly great. I love Christmas break. I always have some really great memories during Christmas break. I just love the Christmas season. It's always been my favorite. So I'm excited for that. I I always am praying for snow and it's kind of a hit or miss, but it's something I, I love to see at least once a year. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's, those are some things I'm looking forward to. Um, some things that I love, my favorite seasons and whatnot. Honestly, I'm pretty darn excited for fall. As you can tell, I'm just reminiscing about it. I feel like last year during the fall was probably my favorite time last year like I think everything sucked with COVID but then things started to get better in the fall to the point where I felt like man maybe I can live life a little normally now you know (laughs) and it kind of felt like that it felt like things are becoming more normal um and so I was, I was pretty happy about that, so last year during the fall was a really great time, um, I was doing only online classes, which was really sad, so all last year was just all online classes, which to be honest, made the entire school year 10 times easier, but I mean, it was not easier, I mean, it was easy, it was easy in the sense that I didn't have to kill a bunch of time going to classes and being in a classroom setting, but honestly, it's, like, even better when you're at home and you feel like, oh, I don't have to take travel time into account of, like, getting up this morning, you know, so it's, it was really nice because, like, I could take my time getting ready in the morning and I could kind of make my schedule more how I wanted it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know, but fall last year was a really good time. It was probably my favorite time last year. And then obviously winter because Christmas, Christmas was pretty fun. Um, I loved Christmas. We went to like midnight vigil mass. 
so beautiful. Oh, I'm so excited to go to that again this year. I was literally crying because it was so beautiful. So I'm really excited for for Christmas. But again, I'm trying not to like wish the days away. I want to soak every day in and take everything in as it comes. So those are just little things that I'm kind of like looking forward to. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm just going to live in the here and the now because all these things are going to be here before I know it. And I'm going to be sad that I wished it all away or I just wanted it to happen because, I mean, life moves pretty fast, you know? And that kind of makes me want to say the quote. I want to look up the exact ones. This is what I'm going to close with. Um, So Ferris Bueller, at the beginning and end of the movie, he says from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that's the movie's title, but Ferris, the character, main character Ferris, um, says this quote that is honestly really fitting for what I'm talking about basically just summarizes summarizes this entire episode is life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while you could miss it one of my favorite quotes Mm, love it a lot (laughs) um and it's also one of my favorite 80s movies um that karate kid the outsiders obviously and then, like, The Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire. There's there's so many to choose from. When I was talking about 80s movies last week in that episode, I didn't even know. I don't know why I didn't even take Karate Kid into account. Because I love Karate Kid. It is such a good movie. Oh, I could watch it all the time. Um, and I, again, I mentioned, like, two episodes previous to that that I started watching Cobra Kai. I am now on season three. Um... I'm a few episodes into season three. Season four is coming out this December, and they're actually in the process of filming season five right now. So I am excited. Honestly, I'm at a really, 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 really stressful point in the show, and I honestly don't like any character right now. Part of me is seriously only staying because I just want to stay until... One, everything is worked out with everything that's going on right now. I don't want to spoil anything, but if you know, you know. And two, it's like I want Allie Mills to come back because I miss Allie. She was one of my favorite characters in Karate Kid. Um, Because, I mean, I just liked her personality and I felt like I could relate. And it almost made me so happy um, because I've never met... Not met, but like I've never... I've met people by the name, that go by the nickname Allie, but it's never spelled the same way, and I've never, like, heard of a fictional character by the name of Allie that's spelled the same way as me, so it made me a little happy um, when I watched Karate Kid for the first time, because I felt like I could relate to her a lot, like, just her personality-wise, not relate to her in the sense that I fell in love with someone that turned into a bully that ended up being fine later in his life or um and you know I dumped him or whatever (laughs) or I dated um Ralph Macchio or anything no like I've never I can't relate to any of that but like personality wise I feel like I can kind of relate to how just how she is like just her person overall personality not like the circumstances she was in because obviously I can't relate to that but anyways I don't know why I didn't mention that I'm just kind of saying that because I've been thinking about Cobra Kai a lot because we watched we finished season two yesterday we watched a few episodes it's just so good but then at the same time I also hate a lot of the characters right now hate is kind of a strong word but I just I can't stand certain characters at the moment Um, I'm kind of getting to a point where every character is annoying and I just want to like smack every character and wake them up and I just want things to be the way they were season one. I don't know why, but season one was just probably the best season that I've seen by far and probably the best just TV show I've seen in a long, long time, like 
the overall TV show as it is right now is is pretty good. But if if it was just season one, season one alone, I would say it's probably the best TV show I've seen in a while. But I can't really say that at the moment because I'm just really frustrated with the characters and everything going on to the point where I'm kind of just like I will keep on watching this show because I need to know and I'm a little too attached to the characters and everything going on. It's like I'm too far deep to just give up now. But it's just, uh, it's so frustrating and I don't know why, but I think it's just because the characters are reacting in ways that I just wouldn't react. And I almost want to just like shake these each and every one of the characters on the screen and just be like, can you please wake up and just stop acting like this? Like, none of this would have happened if you didn't do this in the first place. But you know what? I kind of like that, though, because it shows you... I mean, this show is so rooted in character flaws, and it's so character-driven that it almost makes you feel like even if you can't quite relate with these characters, you can see that they're human, that they make mistakes, and there's probably one character you can at least kind of feel drawn towards because it, it's a very character-driven show and there's a lot of characters. So I think that's just something I like about it and the fact that they took something old and made something new out of the old. And I think they did a really good job with that, especially in season one. So there's my rant on Cobra Kai. Watch it if you want to. Um, there's a lot of cussing, I will warn that, but great show. Anyways, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop, look around once in a while. You're going to miss it. That was me paraphrasing Ferris's movie quote, his iconic movie quote. But yeah. (laughs)